Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the ninth episode of the Prosperity Project. My name is Braden Turner. And I'm Lily Poteet. And today we have a very, very special guest with us. Her name is Ellie Patterson. Emily, welcome. Hi, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Emily, you go to Lewis Palmer here, correct, right? Uh, yeah. And you're an 11th grader? Yep. And what wanted or what brought you onto the show? Why did you want to talk about mental health, and why is it so important to you? I mean, it's important to know that everyone struggles with it at some point in their lives, whether it's now or later, like if you had previously, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's good to talk about. Uh, yeah. Um, I understand that you have a story that you want to share with us regarding suicide and yeah. someone in your family is close. Yes. Would you mind telling um, us and the audience a little bit about that? Yeah, so my freshman year, so 2020 in December, my older brother Calvin passed away. He committed suicide in December. I don't know if I said that or not. Um, and it was kind of a shock to everyone. Yeah. That's, yeah. How did this experience affect the community and the people close to your brother? Um, the community, it, it really brought a lot of people together, actually, I think. Um, at, our fun at the funeral we had for him, we kind of made it open invite mm -hmm. so that anyone can come. We didn't want to like exclude anyone. So yeah. we had it at the Ascent, which is a church next oh. to the middle school, yeah. And pretty much every seat was filled that they had. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was really nice. It brought everyone together. Um, as far as the people close to Calvin, I say it still brought us together. I feel like I gained like all of his friends became like older brothers after that, so it was really nice. Okay. Yeah. So you felt like it, though it was obviously um, very sad, and negative. Yeah. It like almost brought people together yeah. and mm -hmm. made everyone look after each other a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, do you think there was any specific drive factors within our community? or just anything within his life um, that may have negatively affected uh, your brother's mental health? Definitely. Um, I think with a lot of the isolation, he couldn't see his friends as much. He, before that previously, there was always someone over at our house okay. that he was okay. hanging out with, yeah. Mm -hmm. So not being around his friends as much was definitely difficult. Um, yeah, I think that was kind of a majority of it. Okay, mm -hmm. so it was just COVID and being locked in. Yeah, um, the isolation was difficult, I think, yeah. yeah. Okay, was it just, was he like, was that kind of his like, love language is like spending time with people? Oh, and definitely, just like yeah, and helping people, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. um, before your brother committed suicide, did he ever try to communicate um, how he may have been feeling or mention resources he's accessing, at least that you know of? He did not. He was super stubborn, and I think that's a thing that, like, a lot of suicide people, like, a trait that they have, they're okay. super stubborn in the way that they don't want help, and they yeah. really, like, refuse to get help because okay. they don't think anything is wrong until, like, okay. that deciding moment. But, yeah, we tried multiple times to, um, like, get him into therapy or ask if he wanted to talk to someone, and he just didn't. He wouldn't go, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Do you think he just believed at that point it was already too late and there was no point in trying? Or? Yeah, probably. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, from your perspective, what can be done within our community by our students um, to ensure suicide doesn't continue? So in our community, I'm not 100% sure. I feel like it's more of like a case-by-case -case kind of thing, like in your small friend group or like, yeah. yeah. Um, it's really difficult. The only thing you can really do is listen. 
-hmm. and the person that's struggling kind of just has to sit with it like there's mm -hmm. nothing you can really do until it passes and just sitting with them and listening is kind of the most important thing and, and I think then, oh yeah, keep it's on. just like hard I feel like it's just hard to make it apparent at least for the first like just step of just yeah. addressing it mm -hmm. I feel like is the hard thing at least with what we've seen it's just like addressing the situation is the hardest part and then continuing to address it mm -hmm. and make note of it and then doing efforts to like prohibit anything from happening yeah but, mm -hmm. do you think um when someone is refusing to get help but you definitely know that they need help um, at least from your experience do you think there's anything that should be done within those situations um do you mean as in like stepping in and yeah and like stepping in yeah unfortunately no because it's not going to work if they're not ready for it okay mm -hmm. yeah so you think like give them their space and allow them to take it at their own pace except yeah well, yeah, it's a really fine line it between is, yeah. space yeah. and, like, knowing that they're there for you. Yeah. You kind of just have to reiterate a lot that you're here, you're going to listen. If something goes wrong, like, you'll be there mm -hmm. immediately. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, like, I forgot what I was going to say. But, yeah, it's just a really fine line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And definitely case by case, as yeah. you said. Like, yeah. it really depends on the person, mm -hmm. I would say. Too. Um... I wasn't gonna. Sorry. <laughs> um, where would you recommend uh, someone goes in a possible situation regarding suicide, whether it be just a professional resource or a loved one? And again, I get. I think we talked about this a little, a little bit, but like, if they're ready. Yeah. Um, that, if they're ready to get help, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Or even if they're not, like. Yeah. In all scenarios. Um. I would start with a loved one, but if. Your family isn't the kind of, there's a lot of families that are not yeah. accepting of yeah. that kind of thing. So finding a friend with a family that's like that is super helpful. My family is like that. My family is so open to helping people. I mean, obviously because of our situation, but also previously before that we were too. So just finding a friend or an adult that you know would be able to find you resources because you can't always do that yourself. Yeah. 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 And then after you found that person to help you, you can either talk to them about it occasionally or start going to therapy, which can be super helpful. Okay. And it's really boring for a while, but you can start, like, the, your progress shows, like, it's drastic if you yeah. look at it from, like, if you started, like, now or something, and, like, a year later, you can see how much you've changed if you look back. Yeah. But you're not going to notice it then. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think it's just the idea of having someone to like rely on and like count on you, like watch you progress, um, and someone you can literally tell anything? Do you think it's that's what's so important? It's just Definitely. having someone. Yeah, so having someone to share your progress with yeah. me means a lot. Okay. Um, what um, did you find helpful in dealing with the grief following your brother's suicide, and who or what did you seek seek out to help you? Yeah, so I had already been in therapy before that, mm -hmm. so I continued going to that and. There, everyone always talks about like the five stages of grief. Yeah. They can obviously come at different times, but I was stuck in being numb and denial for so long mm -hmm. that I wasn't really worried about like me doing something like that mm -hmm. or I don't know, my family too. They were all kind of in that stage with me. So that honestly helped. It was kind of like a fight or flight response or the freeze too when we were all stuck in freeze. Okay. So. Mm -hmm. 
Can you um, remind everybody yeah. what the five stages are? Yeah, again? so it's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Bargaining is, that one can be a little bit confusing. It's saying that, like, if you had done something previously, that could have prevented it. So, like, me mm-hmm. saying that I could have gone and talked to him to prevent it, but that yeah. would have done nothing. Because yeah. more so, his mind like, up. regret yeah. type yeah. of thing? Yeah, okay. that too. Mm-hmm. Did you yeah. ever do that to yourself after the suicide where you're like, oh, I should oh, have done this? Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. But I think over time, it took me it took me kind of a while, like just recently, to realize there's nothing I could have done. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He had a, like those kinds of people, they already make up their mind if yeah. they're going to do something like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, yeah. Um, one of my sister's friends, her father recently committed suicide as well. And she said the same thing to us. She put that pressure on herself for a while and then mm-hmm. she realized that he had already come to that conclusion, yeah. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, besides going to therapy, was there anything else that you found helpful, maybe outside of a professional resource, whether it be friends or an activity? Yeah, I, the month and like the month after kind of, it was kind of short period, I spent a lot of time with his friends. Okay. So That's we awesome. all spent New Year's Eve together and that was, it was yeah. really fun and it was also mm-hmm. really nice to like, get to know all of them and see yeah. how he yeah. interacted with them kind of so okay. like mm-hmm. learn more about them yeah. like through yeah. that that's really cool mm-hmm. I and mean, that's awesome yeah what did you find or sorry what did you, what can you say to someone who may be considering suicide or fearful of a loved one committing suicide if you're considering that kind of decision i think it's important to realize that when someone says you're not alone, that doesn't mean like a random person on TikTok or like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. posting about it or something like that. That means like that could be the person next to you yeah. exactly. or the person across from you or like someone else in your family. So talking about it is not anything to be ashamed of because everyone deals with it at some point. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you're considering it, talk to someone because more than likely they're going to be able to talk to you about it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if you're fearful of a loved one committing suicide, there should be no guilt if it was like, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> if, um, like, you shouldn't feel guilty if they weren't actually going to do something like that mm-hmm. and you still told someone because you were concerned. Yeah. Because yeah. it's always better safe than sorry. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you think um, letting someone know if you're fearful that you know someone is going to maybe commit suicide yeah. is best because short term they may get angry con- for confining in you yeah. but it's mm-hmm. like it could possibly save their life yeah okay. eventually they're going to realize that yeah. it helped exactly. even not just even suicide like it could be self-harm too yeah, yeah. if you think someone's going to do that definitely tell someone about it mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. and is there anything else like regarding the situation that you would like to talk about that you would think would be helpful to anyone listening yeah, so um, psych wards, mental hospitals, I don't know, psych ward kind of sounds scary, yeah. mm-hmm. but I think those can be helpful to a certain point. And if um, you do have an attempt and you have to be hospitalized for it, you are required to go to one for three days. And I think at some point, if like you've been multiple times, it can be helpful up to a certain point. Yeah. And then once you keep going, it becomes like a super like your anxiety levels just rise so much yeah. and you just like it gets so unbearable that like you get worse there so I think it's really important that if you have previously been to one or if 
you're already like mm -hmm. at that point where you think you need to go to one, I think it's important to realize your boundaries and know when the time is right to start going to therapy instead or mm -hmm. going to in or not inpatient, outpatient, which is just like a day program. Okay. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I feel like, yeah, I feel like there's not a ton of talk, at least about psych court. Like, I feel like at least I myself am not, mm -hmm. like, I don't know a ton yeah. about it. And I feel like a lot of people also don't know mm -hmm. a ton about it. And I think it's important to distinguish the different types of, like, medical types of therapy that people can go to. Mm -hmm. Because then it's, there's, again, case-by-case -case basis. It's mm -hmm. different yeah. for every person. Exactly. Regarding the psych wards, you said it was helpful up to a certain degree. Yeah. When did when did you notice that it you were you were getting better? Um, what what insight would helped you? And then at what point did you realize it wasn't really helping you anymore and rather harming you? Um, when it also has a lot to do with the people that are there, which yeah. <laughs> can vary a lot, obviously. But there was a point where after Calvin had passed, I did have another stay, mm -hmm. and. I felt so disconnected from my family then, yeah. and I just needed to be with them at that time because I was still grieving so heavily. Yeah. And the entire time I was there, I just had a pit in my stomach. I couldn't eat, I had headaches all day. Yeah, so it's more of a physical kind of thing when you realize that this is not helping anymore and this is, I'm not gonna do this anymore, mm -hmm. so yeah. And did you communicate that with your parents post like leaving, just like, I don't want to like, yeah, so, or how did that go about? There's this thing called a safety plan that you do at the end of your stay, and that mm -hmm. was kind of what we talked about okay. during then, that, like, this is the last time I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was kind of when we communicated that mm -hmm. this was going to be done with, yeah. When, um, after the, su the suicide, how, how did you find a way to kind of, like, open up with your parents and talk about it? Because I'm sure for... At least a little bit, maybe. I mean, I'm making an assumption here, but maybe you guys were like closed off and not talking about it at least for a little bit, or did you yeah. guys immediately open up? Um, I think because previously our family was so affected by suicide and like suicide attempts, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. we didn't have a difficult time talking about it, which was really nice. That was really helpful. And we also had so many people that were like asking us questions or like, wanting to talk to us about it mm -hmm. and other families too that were reaching out like um there was oh my gosh i forgot the last name jack jack oh conan okay. kennedy jack kennedy okay yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah i know them yeah their family calvin was friends with jack so mm -hmm. we had um brought them over a meal which is also a thing that a lot of people do the meal train thing yeah. and we brought them lasagna and ice cream and then when Calvin passed they came over and they brought us lasagna and ice cream which mm -hmm. was really okay. sweet it's really sweet to have that kind of connection um, so there was really no like not talking about it it was just mm -hmm. kind of we have to talk about it to accept it and get on with our lives exactly yeah is there any any way you could recommend like a, a strategy or something to like kind of start talking about it to a family that's kind of maybe yeah. trying to avoid the topic yeah, so if there's a family that's more, sorry, more oh, closed <laughs> off about that kind of topic, um, the real, like the only real way to get them to open up about it is either you personally talking to your parents if that's the problem, like you're saying you're struggling with this mm -hmm. and it's really getting to a bad point. And then also saying like there's people at your school that have been affected by yeah. it yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Just 
relating it to the community that you're in yeah is mm-hmm. super important and as well as like people that your your parents know as well mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. yeah so, okay interesting yeah. um is there any specific resources that you would recommend to the audience to actually go to if they that you either used or you know someone that you use or your fa- or your brother um, yeah. that you recommend they would go to um so i haven't used any of these really but there's crisis centers yeah. that you can go to okay. Um, I've heard good things about them. The suicide hotline, not so much. Okay. Yeah. I'm just gonna be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so crisis centers, those are in like emergency rooms kind of thing, but there's specific ones. There's one at Aspen Point um, okay. that I know about. Yeah. And when you say the suicide hotline, was that the the national line or the Colorado one? I have not called either. I've just heard okay. like horrible things okay. about mm-hmm. both. So, yeah, yeah. Just heard, in like wait yeah. time and mm-hmm. stuff yeah. like that. I've yeah. I've heard similar things about the national one. And I, uh, because Colorado has their own specific crisis hotline in it that's provided a lot less wait time mm-hmm. for certain I people. I feel like that because one might be better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because 988, while it's still a good resource, um, and I still recommend it to people, I think that I have heard similar things as well as that mm-hmm. wait times have become a continual problem. So yeah. um, you recommend crisis centers mm-hmm. within Colorado. You said Aspen? Aspen Point. Aspen yeah. Point, okay, awesome. awesome. Um, yeah, I guess that kind of mm-hmm. wraps it up. Thank you yeah. so much. Yes. Of course. Um, for gonna, again, um, before we finish, we're always going to go over um, our resources. Is there anything else you would want to share with the audience before? I've got nothing, no. Okay, awesome. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so as you guys know, we're going to share some of our the local resources that you um, can either go to for help or if you want to get involved in your community and spread uh, awareness about mental health, uh, you can also do that through these as well. So the first one is the Pikes Peak Suicide Prevention Partnership. Uh, it's a community in the Pikes Peak region oriented towards pr- spreading awareness of mental health and suicide prevention through resources, events, and training like QPR, um, which is question per se and refer. And that's essentially just a program that, um, it's a very broad, like basic program. It kind of just tells you um, what you should do in case of um, a possible suicide or what you think someone may be considering suicide what you mm-hmm. should do or self-harm um, as well yeah and then they also have a teen advocacy board um, if you want to join if you're interested in that uh, just go on the website and then I think click get involved or something like that mm-hmm. and then there's a teen board so yeah we also have there's also so coalition which is another community in the Cherry Lakes area partnered with Pikes Peak Suicide Prevention Partnership and this is also oriented towards teenage mental health and suicide prevention um, they last year and this year too, they did like a monumentaries um, event, which is held at the school where they share a bunch of different documentaries about um, different problems um, that teens are dealing with or just anyone in general. And a lot of them were oriented around mental health. And um, we will need some volunteers with that um, event. So if you want to reach out, reach out to Miss O'Connor or Miss Sell if interested in helping their program or the Monumentaries event as well. Another resource is NAMI and Colorado Springs Branch um, here in Colorado Springs, believe it or not. Um, but they offer several programs regarding um, improving mental health and plenty of resources to go during a mental health crisis. Um, and they're also partnered with Cell Coalition and Pikes Peak Suicide Prevention Partnership. Um, so you can also access them through there as well. And then we have the Colorado Crisis Services, sorry, uh, okay. uh, which offer immediate uh, help to issues regarding substance abuse, sexual slash identity issues, uh, depression, anxiety, and more. Um, so again, that's the Colorado hotline that is provided um, to anyone within the state of Colorado. And if you're struggling to get 
um, help regarding the national hotline, I definitely recommend going through the Colorado Crisis Services. And there's also the Lewis Palmer School District um, counseling page, and that is a great directory source to find extensive resources from local to national scales, or just reaching out to our um, school counselor in general, Mrs. South. And then last, there is the national hotline. Um, we do know <laughs> we do know that there is wait times, um, but uh, I think it's still maybe a good place to start if you are. You could think of the yeah. wait time as a positive thing, <laughs> thinking that people are trying to get help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's true. Um, good way to look at it. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, the National Crisis Hotline nine eight eight. Um, you can either call or text them. Um, there's suicide prevention hotline. You can get online support from a trained professional for absolutely any problem. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, Emily, thank you so so much yes, for going thank on. Thank you so um, much for sharing. That was really important and. Um, Thank you for being so willing to talk about yeah. mm -hmm. um, your story. And uh, we also have our Google survey. Yes. Um, that uh, we haven't got a lot of feedback recently, but that's totally okay. If you're willing um, to just go on either the Lewis Palmer page or our Instagram, you can find the link to it um, mm -hmm. and any feedback. Or if you want to reach out and get involved uh, and possibly come on the podcast to talk about your story, it'd be a great way to go through there as well. So we'd love mm -hmm. it if you guys could fill that out. You can also just Instagram DM us too. We'll always respond. And then um, if you want to be on the show. So, mm -hmm. so, awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. Bye.